Welcome, Pathfinders, to the Find the Path podcast actual play of the Mummy's Mask Adventure Path. Now with a Sphinx! Oh yeah, with Sphinxes. <laughs> he hasn't gotten to do that in a while. So. I haven't gotten to do that, and I don't know if I'm ever going to get to do that again. So one more for the road, Sphinx. Yeah. It's a mummy Sphinx that's about to murder us. It is an unfriendly Sphinx, and it saddens little Sudi's heart. Quick, riddle him. <laughs> Quick, riddle him. Riddle me this, Sphinx. You don't know that he's unfriendly. He could just be misunderstood. Probably not. It, Doubt it. Based on the pattern that we've gone through, this is the boss room. He's the boss or general of well, this. Uh, wasn't there a Sphinx that was working with Hakatep or yeah, something? Yeah, it's, it's on the list. There's a Sphinx that's John here. Nished. Yeah. Oh, yep. Put a little check next to that name. That is where we left off. However, uh, perhaps you're wondering how we got here. Uh, when last we <laughs> left our heroes, the doorkeeper is diving into the Crypt of Air, the fourth of the four elemental crypts, making up the four wings of the Pyramid of the Sky Pharaoh. Mm -hmm. The last stop on their way to uh, hopefully confront the Sky Pharaoh himself. Or the party I dove within um, um. had uh, explored up and down the uh, the central shaft of the this almost silo-like central corridor in the Crypt of Air. Ascending up to the uh, the highest point, they had found a door, had uh, stoned to flesh the door, had cut their yeah. way through yeah. that, <laughs> had fought against a, uh, a duo of uh, guardian thunderbirds. Not and upon fun. defeating the creatures, had climbed through the slimy and viscera-covered tunnel that had led their way into the, uh, the central chamber. I believe it is referred to here as the the Chamber of the Emerald Pyramid. Ooh, fancy. So we left awesome. off with the party crawling in one af after another, bursting free. I think I used the analogy of the... Uh, Let's not do it again. Let's stop right there. When uh, <laughs> Eleven was tearing free from the uh, the Upside Down in Stranger Things. Yeah, that's not the one that you used before. <laughs> yeah, well, I mentioned that one in passing. I wasn't going to go back to the birth analogy. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Like That's a chest burster, bursting free of John Hurt. <laughs> you had entered into a room. Paintings of falcon-headed humanoids facing one another on the chamber's floor and elaborate murals of birds in flight decorating the walls. Off towards the left and right of the chamber, you can see tall statues of owl-headed humanoids standing at attention with long spears. In a niche opposite of the door that you stepped through stands a sizable crystal pyramid of emerald pulsing with light surrounded by floating motes of lights forming hieroglyphs in the air near it an oddly positioned pillar lined with hieroglyphs in vertical columns though blank spaces suggest that it may be unfinished and you believe that it's possibly something akin to the scrivener's walls that you've seen elsewhere in the pyramid before you could do much more than just take this in a feline bodied figure had slinked out of the shadows having the full bodied of a great hunting cat, large vulture-like wings spreading off of its back, and the head, at the very least, a skull of a humanoid being, entirely wrapped in bandages, draped off its form two holes in the bandages where its eyes should be, well, would have been when it were still living, now that it was, or now that it is undead, instead filled with a lambent green fire. I believe we'd left off as the creature had slunk out of the darkness. Citra and Sudi standing in the four, Masika and Hollis directly behind them, two having shrunk down to three feet tall, <laughs> behind the rest of the group, flaming sword in hand. 
I'm sure he'll be uh, embiggening here in just a sec. The creature pauses as it slinks forward, begins to slowly make its way along just out of the glowing lambent radius of Citra's helm. And eyes all of you in what you can only assume to be a curious tilt of its mummified head. Visitors, I was not expecting that today. I had assumed with my awakening that the Sky Pharaoh would call upon me in time. So you're in his pyramid and he hasn't even spoken with you? He has relayed to me messages to relay to others. Mm. However, the time of the Great Awakening is not yet at hand. I am Shindakut. May I ask whom I am speaking? He sits down in a very cat-like manner, just sitting back on his haunches, folding his paws before him in a classic sphinx-like position as the wings drape back over his shoulders. We're the doorkeepers of the Duat. Never heard of you. Oh, well. We're kind of a more recent thing. You've kind of been in the pyramid. News hasn't really been traveling. I have been sleeping, yes. Do, do you need to sleep? Sleeping is a euphemism, if you will. I have been dead. I am mm. dead no more by the will of the Sky Pharaoh whom imprisoned me here. So you didn't want to be in here? No. This was not my choice. It is, however, the lot that has been given me. So you are not allied with the Sky Pharaoh? Define allied. Eh, worship him as a god, would do his bidding, willing to die for him. Yes. Yes. Unfortunately, did. Hmm. Wait, was that a good yes or a bad yes? I am a servant to the Sky Pharaoh. I recognize him as a living god. Yes. I suppose accurately, I recognized him as a living god. I now recognize him as an unliving god. Right, because there's already a pharaoh who would be well, a living I mean, god. You don't just stop being a god when the pharaoh dies. They they go and hang out with all the other gods. But aren't they all the same god? They're the living Horus, and then when they die, they go... But they go and they, they're in their, like, golden pharaoh barges and hang out with Horus in the but afterlife. can there be two of them at one time on the material plane? Because there can be only one living one. Well, obviously, Akhetep's not living. Does Horus recognize unliving versions of himself? This doesn't seem he very Horus. He would not be an avatar of Horus any longer. Hmm. However, as an arbiter, a herald, a vessel of Set, yes... I was once a priest of Set and a devoted follower of Hakatep. We had worked together. Hakatep was doing much to aid in the rise of the power of my god. Mm -hmm. I served well. I led the Sky Pharaoh's armies in battle against the dreaded Shuri. Mm. I had as much success as was possible given the terrestrial nature of my army. Mm. Ultimately, however, the venture was doomed to failure. Because he died. Yes. So why still serve him? Hakatep promised me a great reward. 
for serving in his army. I agreed. However, the great honor that he promised me was this. I was enraged. I bet. However, the Aku men cornered me inside of the palace where my aerial superiority could not avail me. Hmm. I was captured and slain, and then I awoke when my pharaoh awoke, calling me back to his service. And here I am, which brings us to the question of you. I must understandably oppose you. More accurately, I must challenge you. To a martial battle would be an option. However, I find something far more appropriate. I am certain, as you are here, and I have felt the rumblings through the desiccated pads of my feet, that the others have been overcome. Fire, water, earth. You have been challenged in your cleverness, I imagine, but mostly in your martial ability. I, however, propose. He flexes his claws, digging them into the stone. A more intellectual pursuit. Delightful. But if we defeat Hakatep, you're not going to just hang out in this pyramid forever, right? You're just going to leave and cause all sorts of chaos all across Osirian as a giant undead sphinx. If I was given the option, I would prefer death. I was there in the fields of glory, serving at the hand of the Stormbringer set. And now here I am in a world where my God's faith is sorely weakened. It is true I could do much to aid him in this world. However, I might argue that I served my time on this mortal coil and deserve my eternal reward. I would agree. Yeah, fair. I would be capable of relinquishing my own temporary immortality if I were not in service to Hakatep. Uh, Perhaps we can unservice you to Hakatep. So what exactly are you proposing as far as an intellectual pursuit? I can provide you with a challenge. A riddle of a sort. If you can answer it correctly within 10 minutes, then I will allow you 10 minutes of uninterrupted time in this chamber. Ah. I cannot allow you free reign, but my understanding is that is within the strictures, within the bounds, as it were of my duty to the sky, Pharaoh. Okay, can we also, when it's like, I can do whatever I want for 10 minutes, can I write on that wall? Because that'd be real cool. Not the wall, the pillar, you know what I mean. What you do in here is of no consequence to me. Our concern is what you will do after. I will do what my sky Pharaoh orders me to do. If that is to track you down and slay you, that is to track you down and slay you. I suppose it would just be delaying our conflict. However, there is an opportunity to avoid that entirely. I believe that Hakatep is awaiting you. Why else would he propose this challenge? However, it is not much longer before the opportunity to confront the Sky Pharaoh will be beyond your reach. Hmm. If you wish for me to sweeten the pot, I have information that could be of use to you that I would also be willing to divulge, should you humor me. 
Additionally, if the entrance to the inner sanctum is this room, tomorrow when we come back, you'll let us walk through without having to fight you. The entrance to the inner sanctum is not this chamber, so that would be a moot point, would it not? Yeah. Don't we still have to come back in here to tell the pyramids to fall? Yes. There's a a bucking from Hollis's hip. Mm, Yeah. He seems to be in a negotiable mood, correct? Yeah. Well, then let's simply play it in his games as he has agreed to give us 10 minutes. We must make him agree to making certain it is not consecutive. Oh, <laughs> delightful. This is why we keep you around. That's a sugar move right there. Bye-bye. All right. That. That's, that's so tricky. That's, that's 10 smart. Minutes, 10 not necessarily consecutive minutes. And we're good. Oh, sugar. I find this reasonable. <laughs> For all I know, this may all be a moot conversation if you cannot solve my riddle. Oh, that's fair. We've had a little practice. Mm -hmm. If we are at an understanding. Seems that we are. Good. He slinks off towards one side, returns shortly after, after only a couple of seconds. And with one paw, holds up what looks to be an hourglass. Oh, nice. Okay, you mean to tell me the Akumen killed him, they mummified him, and included an hourglass. That just, is his favorite it's hourglass. It's a very fancy hourglass. The best hourglass. The most accurate of the time. I do not have a 10-minute hourglass, and therefore, I'll use a timer on my phone. Ooh, <laughs> we're going to do real 10 real minutes. minutes. Yep, that's the way. That, that, that makes me I mean, me this is going to be hard, y'all. I'm scared, but I'm excited. Could be great. We're clever. We solved an escape room. Yeah, true. He folds his legs. A wealthy merchant of Sothis had a daughter of great beauty, upon whom he settled a rich dowry. Unwilling to part with either his daughter or his wealth, he found one reason after another to rebuff her many suitors. But when two sons of the pharaoh's chamberlain presented themselves, the merchant knew he could not reject them outright as he had done the others. Thinking himself wise, the merchant devised an impossible means to decide which man would marry his daughter. The brothers would race their camels around the outskirts of Sothis, and whichever brother's camel came in last, that man would have the hand of his daughter and her rich dowry. This way, thought the merchant, the race would never end. Neither brother was willing to allow the other to win, but they were no fools, and soon found a way to outsmart the wily merchant. What did they do? He turns over the hourglass. Um, is this... Finish at the same time? Like, Sudi, like, turns his back to the sphinx. Yes, yes, we're talking. It... Could they have just tied? They... Neither of them lost? Neither of them won? Wait. And then they both marry her. That doesn't sound like the right answer. (laughs) Wait, it said whoever's camel came in last. Yes. So... I don't know if that's significant. I'm just saying there's something weird about the phrasing. I mean, what's the end goal here? Just to get the money? They both want the money? Are they going to split the money? No, they want to marry the daughter. I'm trying to figure out the... I can repeat the riddle if you so wish. 
I'm trying to figure out what outsmart even means. Like, what does outsmarting this guy even mean? That you end up with the daughter? That you end up with both things? That you end up with the money? I'm telling you, they tie and then they split the girl in half and take the money. <laughs> Ooh, no. Good old, good old King Solomon style. That'd be terrible. Each son is interested in marrying the daughter. Neither brother is willing to let the other win. They kill the dad and they steal the money? Like. <laughs> oh my god. Hmm. Can you repeat it? A wealthy merchant of Sothis had a daughter of great beauty upon whom he settled a rich dowry. Unwilling to part with either his daughter or his wealth, he found one reason after another to rebuff her many suitors. But when two sons of the Pharaoh's chamberlain presented themselves, the merchant knew he could not reject them outright as he had the others. Thinking himself wise, the merchant devised an impossible means to decide which man would marry his daughter. The brothers would race their camels around the outskirts of the city, and whichever brother's camel came in last, that man would have the hand of his daughter and her rich dowry. This way, thought the merchant the race would never end. Neither brother was willing to allow the other to win. But the brothers were no fools, and soon found a way to outsmart the wily merchant. What did they do? Hmm. I mean, if I wanted to not win the race, as, as callous as it is, kill the camel, then you can never win the race. But then you never get to marry the daughter. No, it's whoever comes in last. The camel comes in last. Whichever camel comes in last. It doesn't say anything about the brother specifically being on the camels. But I still don't see how that deals with the two brothers. That The problem is the two brothers. Because one, they're not going to agree to have one of them win and the other one not win, which would be the sensible thing to do. I guess there could be something in they get her hand. He didn't say they're her hand in marriage. That's not them outsmarting the merchant, though. No, not at all. Six minutes remaining. Hmm. I don't know. We may have to fight the Sphinx. Yeah. Um... Outskirts of the city matters, maybe... Don't know why. Don't know how that matters or helps. It's something about how they do the race. It has to be. But there's no way for them. The two people can't be married to this lady. There's no way for them to both win. So there's no way for them to outsmart him. Well, keep in mind, they win by losing. Well, regardless, there's no way for them to both marry this woman, which is their end goal. They could outsmart him by letting one of the brothers win by losing but neither brother is willing to allow the other to win exactly 
five minutes remaining. Uh, yes, we heard you. <laughs> what if they just switch camels? I mean, that still means one of them wins and one of them loses. They both argue that they both. That neither of them ride the camel. Both of them argue that's the their that, that camel was their camel. Yeah, that but then lost. they're riding the other person's. <laughs> Cause the, cause it's like it, it's something about like the ca- the last camel. So if they switch to the other person's camel, then they have to race for real. I don't know. Cause then if they take their other brother's camel and gets it first, isn't yeah, that isn't you're that it? Right. I say yeah, I think that's, that's as right as we're gonna get, Rachel. That's a great answer, actually, to do that. It's it's the wording that's. I mean, it, it makes a lot of yeah. sense because then they will race fairly, each trying to win so that their hor- their camel loses. That's how they can actually yeah. race. Submit the answer. Okay. <sighs> I mean, that's okay. the best answer I, I've gotten. It makes mm-hmm. sense, which means it's probably wrong. <laughs> Unless Sudi wants to make a Sphinx uh, riddle roll. Citra steps forward. Rubs her temple, would ride their camels around the outskirts of the city. Whichever brother's camel came in last. Okay. Okay. Citra's going to step forward. I propose that the brothers switch camels and then race that way. You are correct. Good one, Rach. Very good. I read a lot of riddles because I used to give this kind of crap to my students all the time. Because I knew it's something with the camels because you mentioned the camels coming in first. I was like, I knew it. Yes. Oh, dude. Smart. I will allow you your uninterrupted time in this chamber as you so wish. Non-consecutive time. Just as a reminder. I respect a clever opponent. Nice. Can we Thank implement the hero much. point system so that Rachel can get a hero point? Because that was <laughs> Just for tight. Nope, she gets the party experience for as if defeating this creature in combat. <laughs> okay, fine. Yeah, that, I guess that works too. And the uh, two uh, elder lightning elementals that would be summoned if you tried to fight them. <gasps> oh, dang! Oh, I mean, we have electricity resistance for a little longer, but still. But still, dang! Thing still smashes. It's true. All right, well, let's go do our things and yeah, keep track of how Masika much time we're spending. Masika will put the, will activate the pyramid, and then our, we need to figure out where th- these pyramids are flying. So I guess we can quickly look over the orders of where they were stationed. Suppose making your way forward, Masika reaching up on tiptoe, placing her uh, her finger on the peak of the pyramid. Open in the name of Hakatep, and then runs over to this pillar. <laughs> <laughs> Placing your finger upon the peak of the pyramid, speaking these words. Every other time, it has been a distant, barely perceptible rumble. It's like right This time, feet. it is close. Hmm. Not like under your feet. Oh, it's another doorway with a But you can almost hear it echoing from somewhere through the storm in the chamber behind you. Huh. It might be high enough up in the storm that we can't see the entryway. Yeah, because we could barely see the ones that we could in the tunnel. So if it was any higher up, we might just not have seen it yet. 
Oh, well, no, because we went to the ceiling. Like, we went to the top of the Yeah, storm. you can see the ceiling whenever you guys were fighting in the previous chamber. Maybe it's further down. That's weird that the entrance would be down. Could be another passageway that spirals back up. I don't know. Oh, yeah, you have to rise through this light or whatever. Maybe. Possibly. I mean, that seems like a very Osiriani thing to do. Like, you must experience my life in order to face me. Approaching the pillar, yep, there's only a short message left on this pillar stating, position your vessels high above Sothis and await oh, further all directives. Above Sothis. Oh, we can't dang. have them drop on Sothis. Gotta move them out of way. Yeah, we gotta get yep, we move them. As much as we hate the ruby prince. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like there's too many innocent people there. My friend's yeah. there. <laughs> all right, let me add it. That's off the coast, isn't it, Sothis, or no? Uh, no, it's off the Sphinx River. It's just before the Sphinx River uh, Delta begins. We need them to fly, I don't know, the other side of the Delta. What if I say, I am your pharaoh and I have decided we should conquer the moon. And then they fly all the way up to the moon. Narmer. Moon yes. beasts will get them. This idea is not reflecting the perfect 20 you just rolled. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what if instead I say, you should line yourself up six miles to the east of the Sphinx River to monitor river traffic in case of an incoming invasion. Very good. Alright, Narmer gets a 35 total. <laughs> I think that's nice. pretty reasonable. That's, that's pretty very reasonable. reasonable. I like the now, moon idea too. The moon idea is fun, but yeah. That would have been a great second edition adventure. Anyway. Now we just have to hope Mr. Sphinx doesn't come and go uh, scratch that, guys. Alright, well you have a good day. I guess we uh, leave. <laughs> Narmer carves this into the surface. Waits for the, you know, just the general response of uh, basically complying. Shindakut watches curiously from the side. I wish you luck in your endeavor. And I promised you information that might oh, aid yeah. you in your quest. Uh, keep in mind, the clock is still ticking while he's giving us this information. We're going to go stand just outside of this doorway so you can't count the time <laughs> against us. That's clever. Did you just yell it through the flesh hole that we've well, carved? We, no, we just... They stand in the flesh hole. <laughs> <laughs> That's Everybody not making it. We're going to play telephone through the flesh hole. Can we stop calling it the flesh hole for the love of God? <laughs> I think we just found the name of this episode. No. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, it's horrible. Oh it's so bad. It's <laughs> we so just keep awful. going back to it. I suppose uh. ducking through the flesh hole, you make your way back out onto the platform. <laughs> Turn back around. The Sphinx you know, perches at the other end of the flesh hole. Yeah, stop <laughs> calling it that. His voice wetly echoing down Ew, the length of the tube. I am about to leave this recording. <laughs> oh, God, it reminds me of the old Mario movie. Weird. First off, how dare yeah, you there bring up some, that travesty? There were some fun boy turtles in that. Uh, it's so bad it's good. That's what yeah. it is. Assuming that you have completed the other three wings of the pyramid, then you have proven yourself worthy to enter into Hakatep's inner sanctum. Having successfully done so, you have removed from it the elemental storms that would have likely inconvenienced or destroyed you if you had attempted to force your passage. However, there is a matter of import. The capstone above the entrance to the inner sanctum is both protection and barrier for the Sky Pharaoh. 
Upon opening the way, doorkeepers, you may enter, but you also allow those entombed to leave. Oh, fun. So you're saying that we need to take care of those that are entombed in order to prevent them from going out into the world. Mm. So in other words, we don't open this until we're ready to take on everything that's beyond the door. Seems that way, yes. Yep. Narmer. Yes. How many people are entombed with Hakatep? I don't know, but maybe this guy knows. I've still got a list here. It's got a couple names. It has his name on it. Yeah, and his mm. wife, and there weren't there the four wise women? For some reason, there were four instead of three back then. And uh, she, um, we've got, uh, we still haven't seen Shahila, uh, which oh, was yeah, the sure sister. sister. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe she'll be on our side. We haven't seen the crazy woman that like showed up outside and said, hi, uh, get him, Scorpion. Oh, the bard, yeah. Uh, mm. Anne Mech, yep, the herald of, uh, of Hakatep. Um, let's see. He was buried with a dwarf. Um, Hmm. it was like a gesture or something like that. I don't really know what's going on there. Um, there's his wife. Yes. Not so. She's probably down there somewhere. Um, we still haven't found that Kimpathis guy. Hmm. Well, so unless they were with the crocodile king stuff, that's true. And you know, Hockadel. Oh, 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 I'm sure there was that, uh, uh, that lady that kept showing up. That general who's like... Tolerant? Oh, the, the, yeah, the one that saved him. Yeah. She's probably down there somewhere, too, because, you know, he For gave sure. her a second chance. He was like, I'm going to kill you, but then you can serve me still. So I bet she's probably down there somewhere. Yeah. Oh, and Hockatap. Oh, well, of course. Is that everybody? Masika looks at the Sphinx. And a four wise woman, like you are saying. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of people still. All of those seem likely to me. However, I was killed before many of those were... And mummified first. Ah. All right, so... What else should we know? Anything else we should know? You have a short time remaining before the pyramid may enter the sky once more. Once it has done so, all of its defenses will activate once again. This includes the various bars and wards, closing off the various wings of the pyramid. Well, that sounds like a big problem for us. Well, we knew we had to finish it while it was on the ground. So there's like at least 10 undead monstrosities in this tomb. At least, yeah. Not and counting we, whatever other stuff might and, still be in there. And if we retreat, Hoktep's just going to leave. Come out and get us, yeah. yeah. No, he's not going to come out and get us. He's going to just piece the f*** out and probably go to Sothis and start all of the bullshit, you know. Yep, that sounds like a problem. Um, So, anybody think we should just go drop some pyramids? Because I'm feeling like we should just go drop some pyramids. Well, I, we can't drop the Sothis one yet. Yeah, we've got... And if we're going to go in, we if we need to do it fresh. We need to rest, drop all the pyramids, and then realize we're not getting another chance to rest again. Well, my, yeah. my thought is drop... Hmm. Then they'll know. We've left uh, the Sphinx guy here. He can notify Hakatep that... We're coming. Not that he probably doesn't already know. Hockatep knows we're coming. No, uh, yes. Hockatep's yeah, I mean, known you're coming this entire time. He asked you to come for The him. only thing the yeah. Sphinx might be able to do is move the pyramids back over Sothis. If he cares to do that. If yeah. Hockatep thinks to tell him to do that, because he doesn't seem to be doing anything he isn't told to do. Yeah. I mean, that's true. The mummified Sorry. Sphinx then slinks away, and unbeknownst to all of you, hops inside of a box. Yeah, fair. <laughs> <laughs> Fifty sits. All right, I guess we should just... Uh, Rest up and get ready for the long slog. Yep. Seems that way. <laughs> oh, it's going to be a fun day tomorrow. 
but hey. Fun is a, is a definite definition. Not sure the one I would use, the but... The final uh, day for Hakutep, hopefully. Well, look at this way. At the end of it, we should be done. And be heroes, they'll be remembered forever. Two says. No, or we, never. No, if we do this right, they'll never under... Nobody will ever know we did this. Or that. Well, there's a hand couple. There's a couple of people who knew we did Why this. Why would nobody ever knew that we did this? Do you want people going to look for this tomb? To try to pillage it? Way up in the stratosphere where nobody can really get to. Well, when we kill him, is it going to fly? We don't know. Well, that's, that's my thought, is that if we kill him, it won't fly anymore. But there's Why still wouldn't plenty it of treasures fly? here. Well, well, when we killed the, the other general, the pyramid, pyramid fell, down. fell when the general died. So maybe this one's tied to Hakatep as well. But he was dead before, but maybe he retied it to him. So I don't know, man. It's I, been flying this know. entire time when he's been dead. Well, yeah, the but sure, then he came to a really and he did stuff. I mean, that's a good point. Yeah. So maybe it will just fly off into the atmosphere and that will be fine. <laughs> Hopefully. Hopefully. I mean, I don't know how and fine that will be. And then all the bards but... can know all the fun things that we did. Well, people can know the part we want them to know. <laughs> we start our story with, so there was this pharaoh that nobody knew about because they erased him from history. Guess what? We found him. <laughs> and we erased him again. But not from history. <laughs> <laughs> just from living. <laughs> just from unlife. All right, so I guess we go, where, where do we want to go? Do we want to just go to one of the pyramid spots? I mean, we and... can just essentially sleep outside and then we're just going to marathon across and hit all the pyramids in the morning or whatever and come yeah. back in here. I guess that's true. So you step back out onto the platform. Two becomes a huge size again, sells all of you back down. You make your way back through the uh, the chamber where you fought the chaos beasts. Not a fan of those guys. They turned me into jello. Yeah, it was gross. <laughs> that was very gross. Knowing the uh, the passage as you know the passage beyond now, uh, you can navigate your way back through the tunnel. So it take you three rounds to navigate your way back through the uh, the tunnel filled with the various poisonous gas, uh, which is still something that you need to deal with. So uh, assuming that that is the case, then I'll just need uh, three percentile rolls from the party to see whether or not you're actually exposed to uh, the poison if, if you're holding your if breath. If we hold our breath, does that let us go 50, through 50 50-50 chance. So that's the okay. percentile to see whether All or not. Right. I will bonk on my uh, underwater helmet thingy. Okay. So uh, go ahead and give me percentile from the party thrice. Well, nuts. I got a 7, a 49, and a 6. Wow. What the heck? <laughs> I am suits exposed. Uh, 69, uh, 92, and 52. I got a 75, a 66, and a 50. Okay, so I'll need, uh, three saves from Sudi, one save from Citra, and one save from two. Okay, eight for a 29, uh, 19 for a 40, and a natural one for a 22. Ah, no. Ah, nuts. We're gonna have fun, y'all. Great. At least it's after the chaos beasts. Uh, I rolled a 14 for a 26. Okay. Uh, two also saves and a 22. Natural one does not automatically fail for two saves and a 22 does succeed. Ha <laughs> <laughs> I'm fortunatus. Yay for me. So in a blind rush, you run your way back through the, uh, the chamber, emerging smelling of roses and mint. As you step back free of the uh, pyramid, make your way down the eastern face of the pyramid Suppose to activate your magic, climb inside of your mm-hmm. magical uh, mansion, and uh, suppose rest yourselves up. I would imagine it would probably be a tense dinner that evening. As eager as perhaps all of you are for this, it is still Dangerous. the culmination of all of your your fights, your actions, your battles to get from. In the case of Sudi and Citra, 
from the courtyard in front of the Temple of Phrasma in Wati all that time ago to now entering into the final conflict of an enemy that you didn't even realize was a threat, would be a threat to you when you gathered then. Since Hollis is joining all of you on a boat to Tefu, since Masika's fortuitous meeting with all of you as you stepped your first few steps into the parched dunes, all of that to get to this place. The final chance to lay to rest the threat of Hakatep. The threat that was responsible for Hollis's friend's temporary, well, I say temporary, it was pretty long ongoing mm-hmm. possession. And to stop the the spiritual center of the cult responsible for the death of Masika's father. All that to say, I imagine, is not a very, like, pleasant, joking kind of evening. Narmer's antics nonwithstanding. Yep, we're all just thinking. All of you eat. Settle down. Rest for the evening. Do whatever it is that keeps you, you know, your brains off of that. That anxiety, that just before you go take the SATs kind of feeling. Except for in this case, you know, other people's yeah. lives are on the line. Yeah, I was like, SAT, finding own. an undead mummy. Same thing. <laughs> I was just trying to think, what is the most stressful thing that most people tend to, everyone has a universal understanding of that, can't sleep the night before knowing that you have that. Yeah. Mm. It's exams. Yeah. It's the, it's the nightmares you get right before the school year starts. Yep. Mm-hmm. So he walks out the next day and it's like, it's like I had this terrible dream that I was naked and then all my teeth fell out. And also I was smashing on the brakes, oh, but God, the car wouldn't oh, stop. Don't mention the teeth falling out <laughs> thing. I've had those dreams. They are those. the worst. Oh my gosh. Yep. I hate those right, dreams. Well, after traumatizing everyone that's listening by forcing them to relive their, uh, the feelings that the doorkeepers are going through. <laughs> I, I suppose to put on the point, we get into the stress of uh, what exactly... As I can both see Heather and Jessica staring down at this page like, oh, God, this is the last time I get to prep spells. Yeah, it's like, what um, did I put in here? All of us are looking at our <laughs> sheets going, okay, okay, what is my, yeah. what are my doomsday items that well, I've been and saving? Most of my really good spells like destruction and horde wilting and all that require fortitude saves. So, and that really cool umbral strike spell I do, I, do, I have does half negative energy damage. So, yeah, it's a bunch of changing it around to stuff that's actually going to work on undead. Hmm. Uh, I am going to write Hakatep on the back of this cartouche of warding. Okay. So that I can get, uh, I guess I'll do it in the morning uh, to get a deflection and saves and blah, blah, blah versus Hakatep. There might be some outsiders down there. You know Hakatep. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, he does like to outsiders. summon in people who don't want to yeah, help him. Yeah, or I can have Sunbeam. Sunbeam's Ooh, good. Sunbeam's definitely good. Sunbeam. Sunbeam, Sunbeam great. Real good. You all awaken the following morning. Do your final preparations in the case of Hollis pouring over a spell book, knowing, you know, going to be fighting an uber powerful sorcerer. Exactly what do I need at my disposal? Also, maybe an uber powerful God knows what his wife was. Mm-hmm. Cleric? Oracle? Priestess? Yeah. Who knows? Masika trying her best to uh, to laugh at Narmer's various antics and jokes and all the rest of that, as Narmer often informs you that the humor is required for you to gain your magical powers. It's not true. What an but. inopportune time to have to <laughs> laugh. Gotta turn that frown upside down. Nope, nothing. Okay. I mean, it's gonna be a long day, Narmer. It's gonna be a long, long, long day. But then at the end, there's gonna be cake. And if we all die, you have to go to sow this and warn the Pharaoh. Okay. I will definitely do that. Yes, you will. Definitely. I'm not trusting his tone. Look at this baby crocodile. Yeah. 
He is really cute. Yep. You have to live for the crocodiles. I, I told you I'd awaken him when we get home. Yep. You made a promise, and so he can't die. Shoot, he's only three days away from retirement. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord, don't put that out there. <laughs> the, the worst part about that is, since I hit 10th level living monolith, I'm a functionally immortal, so I will never stop aging. <laughs> or I will never I, start aging I, again. I was going to say, I will dying. never stop aging. <laughs> yeah, yeah, words are hard. Technically, none uh, of us no, ever stop aging. I yeah, I, liter I literally, Ugh. like, am going to be 17 years old or 18, whatever my age is right now, until I die. <laughs> We've done this podcast for four years, and sometimes I feel like it's aged me 10. <laughs> <laughs> Before we head out for the day's activities, Masika is going to cast a moment of prescience. Um, it okay. lasts for 16 hours. Wow. Um, that should probably be long enough. Yeah, it gives me a sixth sense. Once during the 16 hours, I can choose to use the effect. Um, it grants me a insight bonus equal to my caster level on an attack roll, combat maneuver check, opposed ability, or skill check, or a saving throw. Okay. Wow, okay. Act activating the effect doesn't take an action. I can even activate it on another character's turn, and I have to say that I'm using the ability before I make the roll. Okay, so what you're telling me is that if Hakatep's hitting you with like a Well of the Banshee or something like that, you're going to be like, yeah, I remember uh, this. Excuse yeah. me. Yeah. Um, I yeah, had a moment of prescience earlier and plugged my ears with wax. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I've been lip reading this entire dungeon. Uh -huh. so. Pulse is also going to cast Greater Reversion on herself in case she dies. Okay. <laughs> uh, so All right. When we are ready to walk in, Citra's going to activate her Ring of Stony Flesh. Well, Sudi's let's wait till we get to the Sudi. temple for that. Because well, I yeah, have that's what I mean. It's like right before we're about to start going and doing dangerous stuff. So, I suppose oh, since I think you guys still have uh, like two charges left on it. Oh, the Senate you board. You wanted to finish off the Senate board? Might as well. Might as well. Uh, I will. I will abstain from using it because I'm now immune to death effects. So I'm not going to get much of a bonus from it. You're immune to death effects? 10th level living monolith, baby. Also immune to energy drain. <laughs> Well, I'll play Senate. Well, you get two chances to play it against the board before uh, Hollis is done preparing your spells and Masika's done praying. All right. Well, I'll try. Sure. I just roll for roll, the board. Right? Yep. Intelligence roll. In so Citrus settles down to play a relaxing game of Senate before going into an absolute death trap. Uh, Citra rolls a 14, which gets her a 17. 17. Yep. You win your first go around. Yay. Nice. You're feeling lucky today. All right. I will play the next time, I guess, if nobody else is going to. I mean, you've got the intelligence to win it. All right. Oh, Jesus. I rolled so badly. I rolled a three for an 11. 11 still succeeds. Oh, good. Oh. I rolled a six for a 10. Yay. Hey. <laughs> Even when you're off your game, you're still more intelligent than a magically animated board. So that's plus two to skills. That feels right. And plus two to death and fear? Yes. Plus two to skills and plus two death versus and fear. This is a luck bonus. So you sit down, you play some Senate, you eat some breakfast, you prep yourselves, pray, prepare your spells, all the rest of that. Sudi centers himself, feeling the weight of the mask once again, imagining likely that this is the last day you'll ever feel the weight of the mask. Thank goodness. Before all of you stand up, step outside, stride your way up towards the pyramid. Again, as before, the storm continues to circle overhead. The pyramid, as you approach these same steps leading up, you can tell that it's at least five feet higher up out of the sand than it was when you came here the day before. 
Hmm. And there's still that constant sense, that vibration. Almost that tenseness, like holding an animal that does not want to be held. So I guess we should go drop all of the other ones, then come back through here so we're not going through the gas multiple times. Yeah. So you circle around. You make your way to the Crypt of Fire. The lava now cooled into solid sheets of stone, navigating your way back through the passages, back through the various death traps that you'd gone through before and the various the chambers with the exploding runes, blowing down the statue, moving the flowers from one statue to another, making your way across the invisible bridge, now over stone, to eventually head through where the redstone door was blocking before. The desiccated remains of the Bodox still scattered about the floor as you approach the first of the pyramids. Oh, Bodox. And to deactivate this, you will need to either make a use magic device check or a disabled device check. Uh, probably disabled device. My use magic device is a 27. Starting? I can use my intelligence. Yeah, mine's a 19. Uh, my disabled device, even without the traps, is also a 27. Okay, so six one up doesn't the other. Citra could actually take 10 on a disabled device because she's not being threatened. But we don't know how hard this is. Yeah. That would get her a 37. Which seems like it's a really high number. Totally would give me a 39 because I have a Senate board. Sure. Oh, yeah. Well, regardless, your dice looks better than mine. True. All right. So I'm going for it with a disabled device check. Do it. I'm going to roll for it. So Citra makes her way forward. Speaks the word mischief, drops down her tools. Kind of looks this over, takes a moment to to hold on to her holy symbol of uh, Osiris. Critically giggles, I assume. (laughs) (laughs) You can tell how tense it was because she can't even giggle properly. She's just relieved. It was more of a a critical wheeze. We know this like irradiates the entire room in fire and we're all dead, you know. 49. Nice. (sighs) You lay out the tools. Scrape away at the runes, scrape away at the runes. Again, you're dealing with something, a magical device beyond anything that you've worked on previously. Eventually, you find the last rune, scrape away after the, at this. For all the rest of you, it's seeming to take an eternity. For Citra, even more so, mm. since it's a complicated enough item that actually think that takes 3d6 rounds to disable it. Oh, wow. Before, you finish scraping away at this, and the ruby pyramid flashes a brilliant shade of red and then fades to inert stone. You can only imagine somewhere distantly near the triplet cities of Tefu, On, and Wati, three pyramids drop out of the sky. Let's hope they listened. Kaboom. That is... I think it worked. It's, uh... It's not glowing anymore. It seems to just be stone now. All right. On to the next one. We believe in you. I probably should have said that beforehand in case she gave you a circumstance bonus. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm not talking about nothing over here. (laughs) All right. Shall we move to the next one? To the next. You turn. Exit your way back out of here. Navigate your way to the Crypt of Water. Enter inside. The daemons give you a nod as you enter. Sup, homies? What's up? Would you care to pay for passage again? Not, not today, thank you. Yeah, we know we're going. Fine. <laughs> Sorry. You got a good pit hole from us last time. You're fine. We pull out our own boat and we go. 
<laughs> I love the idea that they're like with their gondolas and we're just like, whoop. <laughs> Get our own magic ship. As long as this isn't the Willy Wonka boat, we good. You board your vessel, make your way down the canal, turn left, turn right, head past the hull of the Crocodile Kings, turn right again and another right, make your way to the Twin Portals. Are you sending in Citra alone? Because I don't think you have water breathing, so I don't know if you're going to give her the so helm of underwater action. Yeah, I can give you my hat. Yeah. All right, I guess I'm taking the helm and... I guess scream if you get in trouble. <laughs> Maybe at least one other person should go with City will go down. He'll hold his breath. Oh, yeah, yeah Sidi can hold his breath City forever. can hold his breath, so Sidi will go I can with hold me. my breath forever. <laughs> Rashika, I should go. I mean, if you want to. What if she it's needs really someone to wipe do. off her brow while she's working on this? It's underwater. underwater. You can sweat underwater in armor. I mean, you can, I, I imagine you still do. It just, yeah. Wait, wait, can you sweat underwater? Mm, it's hot problem. enough. I if it's don't hot. see why not. But I honestly don't know how that works. Because, like, sweat is like water that comes out of your skin. Or in well, my case, it's more my mouth. than just water. Unimportant. Let's go. And Citra dives into the water. <laughs> <laughs> so he takes a, takes a big old breath and just, go, and just, like, marches down into the water. You dive down beneath the waves. Make your way back into the flooded chamber. The now bloated form of the Gawash Div. Ew. Floating belly up at the top of the water. Yep. Like a goldfish. No, oh, like a sad, dead goldfish. Sad. You swim down to the bottom, reach the pyramid, speak your command word, pick up your tools, and I will need a disabled device check. All right, guys. Once again, starting with 29. So he's pulled out his ever-burning torch, so you have a light source. I have the goggles so I can see in the dark. Well, I don't okay. know. I don't know if you need to see the colors. So it's not so a natural 20. But it is a 15, which gets me a 44. You settle in. Scrape away at the runes. Those of you on the surface watching and waiting nervously. Anxiously. Well, because they can't even see into this room. Yep, we're just nope. listening. Listening for the depth charge that's going to go on. It, it reminds me of the scene from the cartoon Atlantis where they're like going down and like looking at all the old history stuff and everything. Oh. After a moment, it flares to a brilliant shade of blue before the Sapphire Pyramid goes quiet. And again, you can only imagine hundreds of miles away, four pyramids plunging from the sky to drop, you think, into the ocean? I figure Citra just kind of gives him a thumbs up and then they swim out. Yep. <laughs> Away we go. That's the Abelif's problems now. Yeah, <laughs> 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 they don't have to breathe, so. Hey, I mean, Abelifs were around when Osirian was a thing, I think, so. Oh, yeah, they're all. Uh, considering that they're responsible for Earthfall, definitely. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Good point. All right. Looks like you didn't die, so good. Two down, two to go. All right. Let's Earth. Earth is next. Is that right? You exit from here, selling your boat back around. I suppose waving goodbye to the Damons. They were just sitting there smoking their camel cigarettes. Folding the boat back up. <laughs> Folding the boat back up. We are not associated with camel cigarettes. Yep. Make your way over to the western face of the pyramid. Ascend up the side, enter into the crypt of Earth. Drop down the hole, make your way through the crawl space underneath the pyramid. Climb back up the opposite side into the lotus chamber. Pass through the hall of the various Uboski. Make your way through the serpent chamber. Make your way past the groveling teleportation trap. Head back through the to the chamber of the Topaz Pyramid, wherein I believe uh, also the desiccated remains of the 
handmaiden devil Eshentheba still lays. Mm. Approach the pyramid itself, still glowing with its soft amber light. All right. Let's do this. Okay. Okay. That was even better this time. Well, not better. <laughs> better than the previous, not better than the first, because the first was awesome. The uh, first that is perfect. That is a early 17 for a 46. You settle in. Get your tools out. Wipe the, uh, the sweat from your palms, because you're like, okay, I'm halfway through with this. No, no, no. What happens is that Narmer comes up and he flaps his flippers as like, you know, the yes. little drying thing with the bowling <laughs> alley. wire conditioner. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Gently fans you. Gives you some uh, powder. I powdered this rock earlier. Rub it on your hands. Like, like chalk. chalk. Yeah. Nice. You collect your tools. Scrape, scrape. Scrape, scrape. Nervously watching this. The rest of you tensed. Not even sure exactly what for. Because bad things will happen if we don't do this right. <laughs> bad things will happen if you don't do it right. Before there is a, another, a flare of amber light. Before the topaz pyramid fades quietly to simple, unremarkable stone. Assuming once again that distantly four flying pyramids near the city of Apec plummet down to the banks of the Crook River, oh. leaving one pyramid remaining. All right, through the gas. Or set of pyramids to drop. Alright. Let's go. You right. make your way back. Uh, considering that Sudi cannot fail this check, Hollis doesn't need to make this check, etc. Uh, I'm not really going to worry about the, the check for the gas. Especially once you get to the other side, because it only lasts for a couple of rounds. Mm. I'll hand wavy him that. I made you guys go through it twice. Fair. Yeah, two chances and you failed both, so you're like, hey. Also, how, how much unlimited poisonous gas do they have here? <laughs> Right. Enough, it's, apparently. Little did you know, Unlimited. it's recycled through like a very cleverly engineered system yeah, that, that somehow does sound recycles like chest, chest it all. Sack, mm -hmm. yeah. So it's really just a small amount that's recycled a bunch. Yep. You navigate your way through the hallway, back through the chamber of the, the Chaos Beasts. Fly up the shaft, land, make your way back through the flesh tunnel. Ugh. Make sure, well, I guess double check the pillar and see if our friend here decided to change orders or rewrite things. No. The acknowledgments of uh, Narmer's last orders are the only ones still on here. Sweet. Cool. Bring them down. <laughs> the Sphinx watches you disinterestedly as you make your way over to the pyramid. Pull out your tools once again. Yep. And go ahead and make me another disabled device check. One last time. <laughs> all right, dice. Sit down, down, have a drink with me. Okay, okay. Lowest of all the rolls, but still not terrible. Only 13 for 42, which is the answer to the universe, so I'm hoping it's good. You settle down. Look over the Emerald Pyramid. Scrape, 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 scrape. One rune after the next. Until there is a brilliant flash of green, and it fades quietly into silence. Wowzers. Distantly again, you assume, the four attack pyramids flying towards or near Sothis, crashing to the Earth. Again, hopefully not over Sothis. And hopefully, hopefully killing everything or unkilling everything aboard. Rekilling. No. Rekilling everything aboard. Rekilling, yes. I guess. I guess rekilling. Who knows? All right. And then I guess. Unkilling is resurrection. So. Uh, yeah. We go out and look for the new door, right? Yep. And then before we go through the door, I got spells to cast. Well, we have to well, find, we have to it find first. the door first. Well, yeah, I know. I'm just saying, like, don't go opening it. We got to do preparations. You make your way back out. Two enlarges and scoops all of you up. Yay. Nestled against his uh his rock hard abs. 
Nice. <laughs> he takes to the wing. He's a bird. He shouldn't have abs. I mean, he just has a bird head. He's got yeah, a human he's body. A man, he's, he's a, a man, man body. with a bird head. I just picture him more birdy. <laughs> he's the big bird from Bioshock Infinite. Oh, yep. songbird. Yeah. You make your way down, 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 and slow spiraling descents as two takes you deeper and deeper into the shaft, descending through one layer of clouds after the next, after the next, probably a depth of a couple of hundred feet until you reach the bottom. Upon descending down almost the full height of the pyramid, or at the very least much of the pyramid you'd seen above the earth, you find an open area here at the bottom, clear enough of the storm clouds that form the funnel overhead that you can make out the floor, the surrounding large circular area, the hieroglyphs that cover every surface. The floor here is covered in a stylized image of an owl and a large iron disc, 20 feet across, set into the very center of the floor. As you land, you can see that this disc is separated into four quadrants, each one of those bearing upon its etched surface a large hieroglyph, a blue symbol of an arrow piercing a cloud, an amorphous green symbol, a golden scarab, and a flaming lash identical to the symbols that you'd seen upon the stone blocks at the entrance to each of the four crypts. Ancient Osiriani hieroglyphs along the outer edge of the disc are clearly visible. And from here, you can read these in a slow kind of walking a circle around the outside of it. As it reads, only those who traverse the fourfold path may pass. Let those who would circumvent it suffer the full fury of the four elemental storms. Mm. As you approach closer towards it, you can feel a tingling sensation wash over you, as if there is latent magic now gone quiet as you approach it. So, preparing time. Well, I guess we should figure out how to open it. Well, I imagine we're just going to slide those apart, right? If that's how it works. They're like 10 feet by 10 feet iron slabs. They're big. I kind of assumed that they were like magical barriers and not like metal. Uh, I mean, currently all four of the uh, the slabs are glowing. You can probably touch them. Um, yeah, let's detect magic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there we go. Well, I want to do my preparations before we start this freaking timer. Uh, Masika rolls a uh, 17, which gets her a number of math, uh, which gets her a 41 to uh, figure out what this does. Looking over the disc, uh, first off, the disc radiates um, powerful magic, a strong aura, as it were. Uh, there are a couple of different effects on it. I'll go ahead and give them to you just because it doesn't really have much pertinence here. Uh, it has all of the standard protections that cover every other portion of this pyramid, which means that you can't use any form of spells to bypass it, etc., etc. So it basically counts as all of that as far as trying to dimension door through it. Uh, it also specifically is under a... Uh, effect of a spell immunity that includes a number of different spells, including Disintegrate. <laughs> no. Does it include nice. flesh to stone? Or stone to yeah. What? No. It's not stone. It's, it's iron. It's made of iron. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I guess. Does it include metal to stone? Or metal to flesh? No. I don't think that's a spell. That's not a spell. <laughs> it is now. Not yet. I think it does specify somewhere like any similar effect because I think they did future-proof this. Mm. In addition to that, the entirety of the stone was covered by an anti-life shell. Ha, nice. 
However, the anti-life shell has now faded. Okay. So we wouldn't have been able to even touch it. Correct. You realize that by stepping onto the center of the platform, that there's the point where the four different slivers of this, the four different quadrants meet, and a circular metal keystone in the very center. You believe by placing your hand upon that and speaking the words, open in the name of Hakatep, the door will open. If pertinent, you believe you have five rounds to get off the platform. Hmm. Not it immediately opens and just dumps you down like a garbage chute. <laughs> it's not a trap door. Goodbye. And it's in the floor? That's so weird. It probably that opens into a staircase floor. or something. Yeah, but the only way it could go is down. Not unless something rises up out of it. It just seems so weird for it to be. It just on opens the... up into a nice slide, and we go sliding down, and then it goes. It kind of takes us up, and it becomes a roller coaster. It was just a sec making exceptions for what he wanted to do because he's like, "Well, I need. I've got an idea for a really huge area to b- bury you in, so it's going to need to be at the bottom of the pyramid because I need the maximum amount of dungeon space." <laughs> possible, possible. Also, if somebody crashes your pyramid, it means that like the entrance into your section would actually be buried under sand too. Extra defense. <laughs> also, can we talk I'm about the fact that this is like below the line of where that dispelling uh, flight area was? So oh, yeah. you would dispel, fall all the way down to here, and basically just go smash on the anti life shell. Yeah, just ricochet off the anti life shell. <laughs> Bounce oh, off the wall. <laughs> oh, awful. And you'd be so close to Akatep. Yeah, just to add insult to injury. Oof. All right, we're going to see invisibility. We're going to greater reversion. We're going to echolocation. And we're going to use an 8th level spell that the last time we were in Sothis, I spent all of the money that I had in my person to prepare for. Protection from spells. Hollis hands. The four of us, I didn't know two was going to exist necessarily. A uh, very expensive diamond. And you now have a plus 8 resistance bonus on saving throws against spells and spell-like abilities. Period. Holy crap, what? It's an 8th level spell. Wow. How long does it last? It lasts 10 minutes per level. I knew I was taking this when we leveled into 8th level spells, so I made sure that I had the stuff to cast it a single time. Well, we wow. stopped and bought all those diamonds, so I bought some diamonds. Plus 8 versus spells. And wow. spell-like abilities, but not supernatural or whatever. It will last 160 minutes. Yeah. Do not lose this diamond. Okay. <laughs> I mean, why would I want to lose it? It's a diamond that's worth money. Yeah, Citra's going to follow suit and cast her own scroll of sea invisibility. Citra's going to sit here just wondering. <laughs> he just does that thing where he's like, man, I, I really should have invested in magic. Should have been the wizard. After all the spell casting is done, Masika steps onto the platform. Does it incinerate me? Do I turn into dust? No. Turn into a frog? All right, she'll touch the capstone. Uh, also, do keep in mind that that resistance bonus does not stack with your cloaks of resistance. Ah, okay. That's still there way better. I mean, it's still way better, but just keep in mind yeah, it doesn't okay. take. Heck, if you have other cloaks that you like to wear, you could take a cloak of resistance off and throw on a new one. Masika only has <laughs> like only a I plus had two. Cloak. So, I am doing I mean... that, and I'm putting on my cape of the Mont Blanc. Oh, nice. Nice. God, I should have had another. If I known we were going to do this, I might have gotten another cloak. Oh, well. Oh, uh, well. All right. Masika will step out onto the platform, touch the keystone, um, open in the name of Hakatep and then scramble back very quickly. Scrambling off the platform, sliding yeah, in the- uh, Feather fall at will, but still. <laughs> yeah, fair, you don't want to- Diving off the platform, plunging into the earth. Oh no. Stepping back, there is a soft grinding sound, and beneath all of your feet, you can feel this 
reverberating ticking sensation as thousands of cogs and gears roll back the four corners of this platform. The central portion of this floats in the air for a long moment before simply dropping, having now been removed from the supports that had held it since the priest had closed this structure 6,000 years ago when Nahamra had originally closed the door. Wow. A long, long moment passes before you hear it clang to the bottom somewhere. Stepping forward, looking down, you see a 20-foot diameter, smooth-walled shaft descending beyond the range of any of your dark vision, far below. The walls of the shaft, unadorned, and made of pure, smooth limestone. Um, okay, well, as tempting as it is to uh, potentially just slow fall down that, um, <laughs> I, I don't actually know what the bottom is. Yeah, we don't know where the bottom is. Uh, I'm imagining that uh, we're all going to kick on our various flying implements. I mean, Masika's just going to feather fall the whole way down. Oh, overland well, flight. That's the other thing I kick was, on every day. Yeah, oh, yeah I'm going to go, go ahead and cast my overland flight as well. Well, fine, then Sudi will kick on his boots as a one person who has to actually do anything. Well, two could carry you. That's right, I could. Although maybe having the ability to fly would be useful. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's yeah, good for know. five minutes, so I think I'll try it just in case there's anything down there. Oh. That's fair. All right. Nobody's been down here in 6,000 years. This is exciting. Hollis, you cast your spell. Step into the air. Citra, I believe you're pulling out a scroll, casting the same spell. Yep. Tossing the scroll off to the side, stepping nice. free. Sudi clicks his heels, little wings sprout from his ankles as he hops off. Masika just takes a step free and lets her uh, her natural magic carry her down as two takes the wing and begins to circle. You quickly descend down this, again saying everyone's keeping a pace with Masika, it's falling 60 feet per round. It only takes you two rounds to descend fully down to the bottom of the shaft. Hmm. As you descend, you come free of a ceiling and then make your way down the last 30 feet or so to the floor below as you enter into Hakatep's inner sanctum. The air here is thick with the smell of dust and old incense, and your light plays off the surrounding walls, although is aided in this chamber by brilliant motes of purple and blue lights. <laughs> the chamber you enter is massive, an expansive chamber running from where you are to the far side of the room, maybe a hundred feet. Eight tower-like structures of glass and metal, gears and pistons and rods rise up from square pits in two rows of four, making their way down the length of this chamber. Their gears and other mechanical contrivances in ceaseless motion and filling this room with a constant low din of a thousand clockwork devices ticking in unison. Hmm. Plumes of pinkish smoke rise from one of the devices at the furthest end of the chamber, and it shudders every few seconds, it's ticking slightly off from all of the rest. Oh, that would probably drive somebody in nuts. A corridor exits out of the hall directly behind where you have dropped in from and a dark stone block bars a second passage on the opposite side of this long chamber. The thrum continues to resonate through the chamber and there's a sweet burning odor 
not together pleasant, but not together unpleasant. As you drop down into the room, you have a couple of moments to take this in. Glance about. See the walls here are covered in numerous long passages of hieroglyphs. Even from here, you can't quite make it out, but you can tell that the block on the far end of the chamber bears an Osiriani design. Again, you believe somewhat akin to the previous large red blocks of stone that you have seen make up this place. After a few moments, however, a blue mist wafts up from the floor, slowly coalescing into an elderly feminine form. A voice, this tickle in your brain, much like when two speaks to you, comes to each of you. Greetings, mortals. You now stand in the beating heart of the Sky Pharaoh's innermost sanctum. I am Sahila, engineer of the Shuri, bound into this great flying hulk for more years than I am willing to count. And I presume it was you who brought down the pyramid and who contests the will of Hakatep the Wicked, Hakatep the Warmonger, yeah. Hakatep the Incomplete. <laughs> we, we usually just call him that jerk. There is a cackle from her as you I state that. <laughs> the ethereal outline weeks out for a moment and then reconstitutes as a more almost substantial form what is of a she? short, wizened, Gurundi woman leaning heavily on a walking stick twice as tall as she is. As she is close to, if she were standing fully up, Masika's height. But oh. as she is hunched over a few inches shy of Masika's Masika's never form. taller than anybody unless they're children. She's so little. <laughs> if you get old enough, you just bend over enough to become shorter than I you. I love tiny grandma. Let's take her. Her uh -oh. face is a map of wrinkles. Her back is crooked and her hands are twisted with arthritis clinging to her cane. She smirks, looking over all of you with a crooked grin. The heroes have come into this story at last, then. It took you long enough. We have much to discuss. Delightful. Next time. Ba -da 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 -da. Ah, dang it! Knew it! Dang it! Knew it! Ah, man. We found an ally immediately. Maybe. I told you guys we're gonna find at least one. <laughs> I mean, Tashura's sister was never, like... Find the Path Ventures is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Mummy's Mask is copyrighted 2014. Mummy's Mask and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission.